0: Thanks for joining us today at city life we have one purpose making it easy for people to say yes to jesus we believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that but remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to it's a living breathing community that we invite you to be a part of we hope to see you on a sunday morning at city life i didn't know man how many times in life is, are there situations where Afterwards, looking back, we just look back and think, man, if I had only known what I know today, then I would have made choices very differently. We were we were joking in staff this week about just choices we would have made even in this building. Here, here we are. If we had only known that, that we should have spent a whole lot more on uh, cameras and media equipment, and uh, maybe less on things like I don't know, like bathrooms and windows. Uh, it, you know, it's it's there's there's a lot of things that, in life that uh, that we can go through life not not knowing. But uh, I believe that there's there's some things about our spirit that uh, you know that if we would know, if we, we get the right information, we can make the right choices. And this series, I didn't know, I don't I don't think I've ever been more excited for a series in the history of our church. I, I just believe this series is gonna be transformative. I believe it's uh I don't just believe that the series is key. I actually think we're in a in a really key time in in our world and in our life where where things can take place in uh, in a way they just have not taken place in uh, in in really in, in generations. And uh, in this series, I'm, I'm going to get a little honest about my life. You know, it, it's I've gone through. I look at the last 20, 25, 30 years of my life, and, and it's a it's been a busy life. It's been a bit of a blur actually. I've worked a, worked a lot of hours. I've I've taken a lot of pride in the fact that I've worked long weeks. It, it's you know it worked is starting the church, but also in construction, and then because one business wasn't enough, I I started a second one, and I was proud of the fact that I donated my my time to the church often oftentimes what I would say now working more than it was really even healthy and uh but but over the, the past few years if I if I would have known then what I know now uh I, I would have maybe changed a bit of the of, of the way that I went through uh the last few years of my life and uh the last couple the last couple years or I say the last five years particularly uh, there were years that I, were, I, I was finding that, that life was beginning to fill with stress. Life was beginning to fill with worry. Life was beginning to fill with anxiety. The wrong tanks were getting filled inside. I was finding relationships exhausting. I was finding joy diminishing. I was finding fatigue increasing. And I felt, i felt honestly, I felt like a, if you've ever been on a, on a treadmill and, and the, you just keep turning up the speed. It's a, it's a great little trick to do when someone's on a treadmill and just, just keep bumping up the speed. Well, I felt like I was on a treadmill that just kept going faster and faster and faster and faster. And, faster. and there's no way to get off and no way to slow it down. And then it kind of all all kind of hit a hit a climax about two years ago and something happened to me Uh, something happened to me on on stage it it has never happened to me in my life before and it it hasn't happened since but it was it was a bit of a wake-up call and it was in the middle of a song and uh, we were in the middle of worship and uh, i had a panic attack on stage and my hands began to, to freeze up. I started shaking. I couldn't move my hands, which is a problem when you're playing a guitar. And uh, I just kind of, I just kind of faked my way through to the end of end of that that set of service. And and I just, I, I went down and I just kind of sat in the office for the next half hour. And t- to be honest, I was in shock. I felt disoriented. I, it's, I. But not just for the following week, it, it, felt, it literally felt like something inside me had just changed permanently. And it started to get me to ask some questions and, and look at my own, my own life and ask, and just and really say, like, the way I'm living life, it's not giving me life. And it started this dialogue, I would say, that in my own heart, where I began to ask myself, where did I go wrong? What's wrong? What's 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 wrong with the way that I'm living now? Because it's not about just about busyness. I would say, actually, when we started the church, I would say I was actually a lot busier. Like we, Monica and I, were a lot busier than we are now. And but we were. I was never this tired. I was never this stressed. I was never as numb as I was finding myself in that season. And it's interesting, it's not, it's not just me, it's, it's uh, in, in doing some research, I found out that in the last 50 years in Western society, unipolar depression has increased. Uh, unipolar depression is depression that it's not attributable to a specific cause, so, so it's not like you lost a loved one or a family member was killed, it's, it's you're just depressed but you don't really know why. Unipolar depression has increased in Western society. Uh, not just one time, two times, but actually a thousand percent. And so we have, are we stopping to ask why? Are we stopping to ask that the, at the same time that the, the standard of living in human society is the highest it's ever been, we are actually becoming some of the most unhappy that we've ever been? Could it be that the way we're living is actually counterproductive to experiencing life? Uh, You know, there's a saying in the business world or in the management world, uh, there's a saying that it says, every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. You know, the, the way we're living and the way we're feeling... They're, they're designed to, to work exactly the way and bring the exact results that they're bringing. And if we want to change what the, the life that we're experiencing, we actually have to change the system that we're living. The way you know, the way of our world, we, applause, we applaud busy, we applaud hurry, we applaud to do list, we pr- applaud performance, we applaud productivity, we applaud acti- efficiency and deadlines, but. The, these things they're not they're not bringing us to a better place as society, you know Corey Tenboom she once said that if the the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy the You know sin and busyness have the same effect on our soul. they cut off our connection to God, they cut off our connection to other people, and they they even cut off our own connection to our own soul and this This would be a very accurate description of my life. I would say. It was busy. Church life was just busy. Business was busy. Bible reading got crammed into corners where it fit. Prayer was, you know, obligatory, this perfunctory, you know, get it in there so you can say that you did it. But but it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't know you didn't have to own the pace of this world. I didn't know you, I didn't have to work in the rhythm of the world, but that there was, there was an, a different way. And so slowly over the last couple of years, I, I felt like, you know, I'm starting to reclaim life back. I started to deliberately slow my pace. I st- stopped working weekends, except for, you know, the, obviously the church. And, and I started to, started to take stock, make sure I was taking times to, to, to slow down. And then, of course, something... Something very dramatic has taken place in the last month. The world has stopped. There's nothing to fill the gaps. There's no one to meet. You can't go and meet. There's no sports to play. There's no games to watch. There's no gyms to go to. There's no stores open to just go and shop. And, and for the first time, uh, like the first time in our lifetime, this treadmill is slowing down. And it's starting to get quiet. Just go outside and listen. There's no planes. There's less cars. As you drive, the parking lots are empty. It's starting to get quiet out there. And in the midst of this quiet, I'm starting to hear this little voice. And it's saying, hey, do you remember me? I'm your soul. We need to have a little talk. And uh, in the last, last few weeks, I got a hold of a book. And, you know, there's... I've, I, I have read a lot of books in my life, but this is this I would call this a once in a once in a quarter century book, and I would I would recommend to all of you who feel like you're you're on the treadmill, or that your life has been on the treadmill, and you realize that, that we're in a, we're in this different moment right now, that uh, that there has to be more for our soul than just staying busy. That I would, I would re- highly recommend that you get this, and it's called The, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And we're going to be talking uh, a lot from that over the next few weeks. But I would encourage you, if you, you want to s- see something, you want to see some changes, uh, this, uh, this book will give you a, a, a great opportunity to just, to just go down and, and make some fundamental changes. Let, let, let's talk a, a little bit about our current day. I believe we've been given a gift. I, I believe possibly this is a once-in-a-lifetime gift. Our world, our system, the buzz, the noise, it's pausing. And what we do with that pause is up to us. It, I would compare it to a Selah moment for the planet. You know, in the Psalms, uh, there's, there's this word that appears uh, all throughout the Psalms, sometimes in the middle of the Psalm, sometimes at the end of the Psalm, but it's the word "sela," And that word, that word selah means pause and give serious thought to what this means for you. And I believe, I believe that our world is in this selah moment where we can take and pause and give serious thought. For, for many of us, we've been on treadmills for decades. We've forgotten what it's like to take a pause. We can, In this pause, you can experience isolation, or you can experience solitude. You know, isolation brings separation, but solitude brings restoration. Isolation produces grief, but solitude brings refreshing. And you know, these these words are not really common words in the Western church world. Solitude and Sabbath, meditation and mindfulness, reflection and prayer. The, you, you, talk, you talk in your average Christian circle about these words, and, and they're, they're just not, they're not buzzwords. They're not popular words. They're not the, the trendy words. Our, our are filled with technology and gadgets and activities that clamor for our attention. You know, I, I, was, I had a thought this week, you know, what if your phone was actually a person? What would that person look like? What would the personality of that person look like? You know, you, don't, you think about, I, if my phone was a person, I probably wouldn't hang out with that person that's always interrupting, always changing the subject, always being a distraction, You know, our lives are filled with these little personalities that are constantly clamoring for our attention. We we drive from one event to another with no margin in between. You know, we fill every moment with the distract the distraction of technology. The TV's on in the background, the music's on the radio, it's always noisy, it's never quiet, it's never focused. And, you know, even as I say this, I know there's people, you're sitting there in the living room scanning through, through Instagram or maybe buying something on Amazon. And, you know, if there's somebody sitting right beside you doing that right now, you can just look to him and say, I think he might be talking to you right now. You know, we've become so overstimulated as a culture, we really don't even know how to be, simply be quiet and be present. For some of us, the thought of silence or quiet is terrifying. We're so busy doing that we're failing at being we're we're filled with hurry sickness and here's some here's some signs of hurry sickness it's you're you're irritable you're hypersensitive you're you're restless uh you just your life's full of uh workaholism or nonstop activity emotionally you're numb you're you're engaging in in escapist behaviors there's a slippage of spiritual disciplines and if you have to ask well what are spiritual disciplines then then the answer is yes they've slipped and, and you're isolated, and, you know, just, just in case you are, you're a scorekeeping kind of person, I'm, I'm eight out of nine on that list, and, and, and realizing, you know, the, the hurry has to change. You know, in our culture, slow is bad. We use slow as an insult, but in everything that matters in life, slow is actually life. The first quality of love is that love is patient. You know, the, as, as the, in the words of the great modern psalmist, you can't hurry, love. No, you just have to wait. You know, re- relationships, they don't thrive on efficient, well-slotted time. Relationships, family, intimacy, it thrives on slow. You know, everything in your life thrives on slow. You don't cultivate a healthy soul on trite sayings and, and motivational memes. You don't, you don't relax by looking at a picture of a beach for five minutes. The, emo, the most important things in our life actually need slow to develop. And here we've been given this, this moment of slow in our society, this moment of slow, this, this Selah moment, that we can pause and give serious thought to, 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 to our lives. And in this, I'd like us to ask the question, what's been holding my attention? What is, what's holding, what what has gathered my attention? What's, are? because the things that hold our attention, those are the things that are, that's, those are the things that are forming us. What we expose ourselves to, those are the things that are shaping the way that we think. You know, stress, anxiety, you know, the inability to feel the presence of God, chronic burnout, these aren't signs that you're broken, they're actually signs that your soul is working and it's warning you that the way that you're living is forming you into something that's not healthy. There's something about the system our, of our life that's off and needs to be to, needs to be repaired. You know, our life is a, is a byproduct of our lifestyle. And by life, I mean the per, our perception of the quality of our existence. Uh, our existence. And by lifestyle, I mean the rhythms and the routines that make up our day-to-day existence. And you think, you know, over, I I just even look at my own lifetime. In one generation, Sunday has evolved from a day of rest and worship to a day to buy more stuff that we don't need, to run more errands, or just another day of work so we can get more money to buy more things that we don't need. And you know, we're the first generation to do this. And we've we really haven't slowed down long enough to ask ourselves the question, what is this new pace of life doing to us? What is this doing to our souls? You know, oftentimes we understand Jesus as the truth. We, we give mental a sense. In the, in the Christian world, we get that. But it, it's interesting. Jesus didn't start that sentence when he said, I am the truth. He actually didn't start that sentence with the, with the the phrase i'm the truth he started it with i'm the way and jesus didn't just he didn't in, just invite us to believe a truth he actually invited us to follow a way a way of living and in fact the early christians they weren't called christians at first they were actually called followers of the way that there was a certain way of living that people knew that that when when they lived a certain way it produced a certain quality of life and a certain quality of soul and and the, the early church they understood uh, that that life doesn't come from accepting a certain belief it comes from living a certain way you know jesus said i I have come that they might have life and life more abundance. And, you know, if we want to experience the life that Jesus promised, we have to embrace the lifestyle that he showed us. And this is what he, what he promised us. In Matthew chapter 11, and you can read along with me, it says, he said, come to me all you who are, we- who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest Put my yoke upon your shoulders. It might appear heavy at first, but it's perfectly fitted to your curves. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and I'm humble of heart. And when you are yoked to me, your weary souls will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, a yoke uh, was a, in that, in that day, a yoke was a common idiom for the, the first century, in the, in the first century, century for a rabbi's way of interpreting and reading the Torah. But it was more than just that. It was it was actually his his kind of his set of teachings that taught how to be human, how to experience life, how to shoulder the weight of life. And so when Jesus said this this he said my my yoke is easy and my burden is light, the people people in this day understood what he was referring to. He was referring to a whole set of teaching and way of living that produces life. This is, he said, come to me so that you can find rest for your souls. You know, the whole point of following Jesus is is learning how to live so we recover our soul. To have that, that soul part of us put back into shape or put into the, the shape that, that God intended for it to be in. And to experience healing in the deepest parts of our beings. To experience what Jesus called life to the full. And this is, this is what Jesus was all about. He was about healing people, saving people at a soul deep level. How? Through watching and learning from him. So everywhere Jesus went, he's constantly offering this invitation. And usually it sounded like this, come and follow me. Or it would sound like this, come and learn how to live by walking with me. Jesus' invitation to us is to take up his yoke, to travel through life at his side, learn how to shoulder the weight of life with ease, and to step out of this burnout society and live a life where we experience soul rest you know the the message the message version of that uh, that scripture it says are you tired are you worn out are you burned out on religion come to me get away with me and you'll recover your life i'll show you how to take a real rest Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That, That phrase, burned out on religion, here's the kicker. If Jesus is just another activity, if church is just another activity we're trying to cram in our week, another appointment to keep, our days in his house are numbered. Jesus doesn't invite us to pencil him into our schedule or go to him for our inspirational quotes. He invites us to follow him, to learn from him. And, you know, if the way that we're following is leaving us exhausted, then it's not the way, that Je- it's not the way of Jesus that we're following. Jesus doesn't tell us to stop everything we're doing, abandon all responsibility and not do anything. He invites us to learn how to learn. He, he invites us to learn how to do things right, to learn a way of, of carrying the load of life. You know, if you want to experience, if you want to experience the fruit, uh, the benefit of a, a life you have to actually adopt the lifestyle that makes that benefit possible. And you a know, perfect example is when you see somebody who's uh, physically fit or physically healthy, you know, we, we all want that fruit, but we, we understand that there's also a lifestyle that has to be adopted to get that, that fruit. When we, when we see a marriage or a family that's close and intimate, we, you know, we want that fruit, but there's also a lifestyle that has to be adopted to have that fruit, a lifestyle of deliberate time together, of, 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 of conversation, uh, conversations, filled with grace and forgiveness. You know, so often we see that the fruit is attractive, but we balk at the lifestyle. You know, it's, it's, well, I like everything about being physically fit except the eating right and exercising part. You know, to have the fruit, you have, to, you have to embrace the lifestyle to be able to experience the fruit. And Jesus is telling us, embrace the lifestyle that I have for you. He doesn't promise that this lifestyle will be easy, he promised it will be we'll be able to bear the weight in a way that's easy. And see, an, an easy life isn't always an option, but an easy yoke is. And this this invitation to follow him means it's 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 an invitation to follow him in the way that he lived. You know, it's it's interesting. We we uh, Monica and I were talking yesterday uh just about Uh, This series and uh, what we're going to be going into here, and you know, I've been a Christian for 32 years. I've been a full-time pastor for 28 years, and some of the stuff that we've been looking at—it's like I didn't know this. I, our Western society has not has not cultivated the. I would I would say, in my experience of Christianity and Western society, there's there's a big area that's missing. And it's, it, comes to, it, it really comes down to our soul and God. And so this week, I want to I encourage you. Maybe you're, you're in this situation. You've been on the treadmill. And you're, you're realizing, you know what? The tr- this, this moment, this time, I would like something to come. I would like something great and profound to come out of this. I want to encourage you. Take a moment this week and talk to your soul. And talk to God about your soul. Take... Take some time. There's there's just some easy, really simple things you can do to to kind of silence the noise. One is just take a digital timeout, and it's you know we all have phones, we all have them buzzing all the time. But take that moment and silence the noise. You know every time you have your phone with you, you're being immersed into an ecosystem of interruption. It's it's constantly clamoring for your attention. You'll probably be uncomfortable with this at first because if you're like me, you've been overstimulated for a very long time. The studies show that the withdrawal from technology is the same, has the same effect on the human brain as the withdrawal from heroin. This, th- these things, that they're clamoring for our attention and they're not letting up. Take a digital timeout. Second is just go for a walk. Um, take, take a walk. Don't take your phone. Don't take your music. Just take you, your thoughts, and go have a conversation with God. Talk to yourself about, and talk to God about your future. Ask, ask yourself, how do I want to look on the inside? What do I want my soul to be transformed into? What do I want my soul to look like in the future? And then I, I would greatly encourage you, take some time and read and meditate on Jesus' teaching and his way of life You know we a lot of us in church we know some of the truths but when it came down to how Jesus lived we we aren't quite so acquainted with the rhythm of his life take some take some time and read you can start with the the Matthew or Mark or Luke or John any of those books in the Bible and they're all about the life of Jesus listen to his teaching but also watch his lifestyle watch what he did and and most importantly let God talk to you about your soul. Let him talk to you about your future, what he, what, not just the future he has for you for work, but the future he has for you on the inside. And just, we're going to take, take a moment right now and we're just going to read Psalms chapter 23 and as we're reading this, I would encourage you just set your phone down. You can, t- you can take your, uh, just take the distractions, set them aside for a moment and just let God speak to you in this moment about your soul as you listen to Psalms chapter 23.
1: The Eternal is my shepherd. He cares for me always. He provides me rest in rich green fields. Besides streams of refreshing water, He soothes my fears. He makes me whole again, steering me off worn hard paths to where truth and righteousness echo His name. Even in the unending shadows of death's darkness, I'm not overcome by fear, because you are with me in those dark moments. Near with your protection and guidance, I am comforted. You spread out a table before me, provisions in the midst of attack from my enemies. You care for all my needs, anointing my head with soothing fragrant oil, filling my cup again and again with grace. Certainly. Your faithful protection and loving provision will pursue me wherever I go. Always, everywhere, I will always be with the eternal in your house forever.
0: You know, he, he wants to take us off of the worn hard paths to roads where truth and righteousness echo his name. And my prayer for us today is that we experience that life. We experience that restoration that he wants to bring to our hearts. And wherever we're at, let's just take a moment right now and pray. Father, I thank you that you want to bring us to to places where we're soul refreshed, where there is fresh life and fresh faith in our hearts. And Father, I just pray, wherever, whatever situations, where whatever the situations and circumstances that, that are surrounding our lives, that we would find the pause, that Selah, in the midst of it and allow you to speak to us. Lord, we'd want to know more than just your truths. We want to know your way. We want to know the way of truth, the way of life. We want to experience what you called life in abundance and life more abundantly and I'm just going to pray another prayer it's a prayer saying yes to Jesus it's a prayer saying yes to following him and I want to encourage you today if wherever you're at you can you want to say yes to Jesus yes to following him you can you can join in wherever you're at as I prayed you can just join with me father I thank you for your life I thank you for your promise of life I want to follow you I want to follow your plan for my life. I want to follow in your way, in the way that brings life to my soul. I want to experience what you call soul rest in my life. I want to experience your truth working inside. I give you permission to change me, to lead me, and to take me where you want to take me. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the Next Step section on the City Life Act. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life.
1: We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.